0: This is Tyler and this is Danny and this is Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. If you've read the title of this episode, you know that this week will be Red Room. We got shit to get to before that.
1: Gotta get our green hits in. Danny, what's this weed you brought me today? Nice. So this week, no stranger, I went over to Flower and picked up a six-pack of euphoria you know this strain over at flower is a sativa strain with that being said if you look up some information it shows that it's a hybrid of 50 50 so you know take that with a grain of salt but nonetheless uh, this was developed by the amsterdam dutch passion company and uh, they're known for uh, breeding some skunk strains together right it didn't specify which ones just some skunk strains. Nonetheless, it went in second place at the High Times Cannabis Cup in 2000 and the Best Seeds High Life Cup in 2002. With that, also, the flavors on this are very sweet. The aromas are also earthy and sweet. Numbers, once again, it's about 28% over at Flower. I've uh, had it a few times. It's a nice little uppie kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like I said, regular sativa high. I also went over to Flower.
0: Grabbed a six pack of uh Garden City Kush. Mm. Now I know we've brought it up on this before, and I probably had more information on it that time, because I know that they had at least a little bit written down in the store. I didn't write it down, but Garden City, nickname for Missoula, so this is just going to be kind of one of their own hybrids anyway. All right, and that's we've talked
1: about so, that in the past. So you ain't going to find shit online. I yeah. tried. But uh, I was making a note, like it has a nice little sweet, almost berry note to it. So I would imagine myrcene is in a, its profile. Right. So I, what
0: I can tell you about it is it's indica dominant. It's coming in at about 23.75% THC. And your top percentage of terpenes is you got some limonene as the number one. You got some pinene and then myrcene.
1: Nice. No, it's it's nice. I'm liking this.
0: So have fun with that. I don't have much about it this time. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it so far, and I can't wait to smoke the rest of them through this week. Hell yeah. That's for goddamn sure. I've been really liking just like having an Indica to come home to after work.
1: Yeah, nice and relaxing.
0: So we haven't done this in a, in a little bit because we don't really talk about the news anymore. And because, you know, the episode won't come out for everybody... For a couple of weeks, so it's not going to be news news anymore. But we did just watch a fucking trailer that I kind of wanted to bring up real quick. because yeah, yeah. it's no secret if you've been listening to this pod for a while that we kind of dig on some Rob Zombie shit. <laughs> like it or not, he's got a new flick coming out. Not just any flick, the fucking monsters. Danny, what did you think of our first look at Rob Zombies, or you know, other than pictures and shit of our Rob Zombies, the monsters?
1: Well. Not really having any sort of expectations, right? So I I didn't go in hot or cold. I was like, this does look like it's going to be fun. Now, you know, fun is a relative term, subjective term as well. Mm -hmm. I think for fans of Rob Zombie and the Munsters and kind of knowing what direction he likes to go with that kind of Mm -hmm. material, for me, I think it's going to be fun. For others, they're probably going to judge too harsh. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... Just go in. Don't have any expectations. Have fun. Just just go in there. And have fun with it. And uh, yeah, I think it's known that it's PG as well. You know, like we said, it, you're not going to see any gore or anything over the top. Yeah, it looks like he's doing it legit. Kind of just
0: looks like an extended version of the series.
1: And I'm okay with that.
0: Just in color, kind of weird hyper color. Mm-hmm. I think I read about that. He's like, fucking, if you're going to go color, why not? Why not? Like it's already going to be strange. Let's just make it a little bit, you know, turn it up just a little bit. Uh, I think it'll be fun for those who like to uh, go under the influence into movies. Looks kind of goofy, but in mostly the right ways. Kind of Parts yeah, of it look okay. a little cheaper than I would like it to. Ah, you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm not totally against it, and it doesn't look like the entire movie looks that way either. So that's fine. I'm kind of surprised. At, I'm not surprised because I think she's bad. I'm just surprised at how... Good, Sherry seems like she's doing Lily.
1: I would agree. That's something we both noted, and
0: uh, I mean that's that's good to see. Whoever's playing Grandpa seems like he's fucking killing it.
1: I was like, man, now he's almost a carbon copy, and that's that's nice. It looks good.
0: The Herman's the weirdest one for me. Yeah, I mean, but it's
1: partially just because Fred Gwynn was so iconic, right? And he has a distinct look and sound and. Yeah, it's hard to replace a figure who encapsulates a certain character, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a little odd seeing this particular. But I I still think the actor is probably going to do a, a fairly well job, you know? He seemed like he had the physical mannerisms down pat. Right. And that's, one of, that's another one of those things is like, don't go in thinking he's going to be Fred Gwynn. He's not. Right. So go ahead and get that out, that notion
0: out of your head. Like, that's the part that's, I think, weirdest for me, and that's only because that's that's such a specific person in my mind. I don't know, like, if nothing else, even if I somehow
1: end up hating it, I am so happy that Rob's getting to do this. I think that's awesome. It's nice to see a franchise like that get some new life, breathed into it, or, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It might turn a new generation on to the old, you know sitcom or whatnot
0: That'd be cool i wonder if it do you know if it's streaming anywhere right now
1: i honestly don't and i, I hate to speculate but maybe i don't know probably to be <laughs> yeah and i'm okay with that that's cool yeah somebody should have it if not it'd be wise for somebody to jump on that and start streaming that right before the movie mm-hmm.
0: anyway i kind of interrupted where i was normally going to go into and that's remind everybody about the patreon patreon.com slash fried squirms at the very least you could have got this last week That's a dollar a month. You're a dollar. Now, I want to remind everybody, you're missing out on an episode every four weeks if you're not at that second tier, as we're starting to go back through our catalog. And I think those have been fun. I've enjoyed it. I've been really liking it. And I know that we got a fucking killer one coming up here soon. (laughs) We've got a good run coming up. I can't fucking wait to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 again. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's just the movie itself. It's fun, regardless. Especially after the movie we talked about last week. <laughs> Coincidental?
1: Maybe.
0: So patreon.com slash squirms. Even if nothing else, there's a poll there anybody can take a look at. If you're not interested in checking out our Patreon now, what would get you interested in our Patreon? Let, Let us, us know. know. I guess that's all of this intro parts. Let's get into the guts and bolts of Red Room. Guts and Bolts. All right. Guts and Bolts of Red Room. Who and what went into the making of this movie? Spoiler free. First thing we should say is that I think there's been three movies in the past five years alone named Red Room. I think you're right. Yeah, I think (laughs) you're right, which is weird. So we are talking about the 1999 Japanese Red Room. Absolutely. (laughs) Just to make that clear. First off. Spoiler-free setup for the movie. Uh, four people are playing a game for 10 million yen, and they have to keep getting each other to do fucked-up acts until
1: they can't do it anymore to try to win. I mean, as simple as that, right? <laughs> Without spoiling anything. yeah. I, I mean, I like that. So, of course, we like to talk about the cast and crew from week to week. And this week, we have director and writer. His name is Daisuke Yamanyuchi. Now, this gentleman, he's actually known for doing a lot of uh, J.A.V., for those who know. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes to make them little saucy videos. So, it makes sense that you're seeing a little bit of stuff in here. But a few films of note, actually, that you can watch that doesn't involve a whole lot of heavy petting are films including Celluloid Nightmares. And this is a little bit of a spoiler, but there is a sequel to this film. Right. Right now, cinematographer on this is Yasutaka Funayama. This is really the only film of note from them. This was produced by Tadonobu Hireo. Release dates were June 4th, 1999. That was for the Japanese VHS copy, if you were lucky enough to get it back then. Right, we should point out this was a straight to video release. Yes. And it did have a December 22nd, 2005 DVD release, but unearthed. They had a 2006 release date for this. Uh, How do I know that? Because I got the fucking copy right next to me. So (laughs) I do know that much. All right. Now, the cast of Red Room, there's only four people. And I'm going to lead off with Yuki Sukumoto, who plays the role of Kanako Yoshino. Really only film of note from her. All right. We have Miyumi Okawa. She plays the role of Masako Togashi. Now, this is... Once again, the only film of note from her. We have Hiroshi Kitasinju. He plays the role of Isawa Togashi. He was in Celluloid Nightmares. And last but not least, we have Shina Nagamori. She plays the role of Hiromi. And once again, really the only film of note from her. So that includes our cast and crew. Like, it's a very limited uh, independent release. So, you know. There's not. Yeah. Not much that, guts and bolts. Like, uh, not even VOD. It was just straight to video. Yeah. So, yeah, different. <laughs> Straight to VHS in those days. <laughs> V-Cinema? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was all for it. So, here we are. Like I said, cast and crew, you gave us a brief setup. Should give you guys some warnings. We already said it's an unearthed film, so that comes with some some warnings itself. Right, that's, that's already, yeah, that already has some, almost like some connotations behind it. Yes, like, I mean, for those who do know. They specialize in putting out extreme horror, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Things that well, you know, push the boundaries of what others would deem well, I don't know what you would deem this if you were a casual viewer, like grotesque, yeah. horrendous, like <laughs> sick. So there's
0: violence and sexual, sexual stuff, torture. Sexual stuff, sexual stuff, pissing, yeah. Rape,
1: necrophilia. Keep going. <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> Insertions of things. Objects. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have to have to come clean with that one. <laughs> like what? Uh,
0: I mean, it's only sixty eight minutes long, though, so you you don't get. There's only so much. True that. True that. I mean, that's that's pretty much the that's, heavy that's side pretty of it. much it. That's that's gonna be the warnings. That's gonna be our general. These are just people making the, each other do fucked up things. Yeah, remember they're trying to win ten million yen. So, there you go. What would you do somebody fucked up if you wanted to make them get eliminated for 10 million yen? There you go. That's your warning. Red Room. Uh, Let's get in and find out how Red Room made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? Alright, here we are. Luckily, this isn't a Red Room. (laughs) You have a copy sitting
1: beside you. You've seen this. I had seen this... Jesus, man. This is probably, like, back... See, this came out in 2006. So it would have probably been, like, around that time, 2006, 7, 8, somewhere like that. But, dude, I I have to be honest. I don't remember shit from watching it previously. I just remember I had a copy of it a long time ago. Don't know what happened to it. But, coincidentally enough, here in town, I've told you, and I even Mm -hmm. told Zach when he was leaving, that here at the mall in town just rifled through this gaming store, had a little bin of movies, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what is this? And the price tag on it alone was like, I, I've got to buy it. I've got to buy it for $5, dude. It's yeah. like burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And there was a thought that occurred to me today, I have to I have to come clean with this, and this is kind of funny, is I would imagine the person who got rid of the film was thinking, who in their right mind would ever want to watch this movie or buy this movie or find entertainment in this movie and the person was probably wild. Like,
0: probably the person was like, I'm ripping them off because they're never gonna resell this. Right. And here
1: I come and I'm like, well, what is this doing out here in the wild? <laughs> <laughs> you better get back in my home. What are you doing outside? <laughs> so uh yeah, I'm like, it's it's funny, it's kind of an interesting little side story. I would imagine the person who sold it or people who sold it, whatever it's here, but I would kind of like to know that little... Do you ever think about how many times they came watching it? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. No, I am. Because it ruins it for me. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I just think it's an interesting little journey. Like, I wonder who had it prior to me and if somebody had it prior to them. But regardless, it's, it's an interesting story nonetheless. Do you think it was
0: them getting rid of it because I didn't want it, because I don't like it, or because they were just
1: stepping up? You know, that's a good question. I'd like to think, I'd like to think they got rid of it because they're like, this movie, there's no way anybody should be watching this movie. This is filth. That's kind of what I want. <laughs> but it's probably more like, it was, yeah, it this was, is kind of tame in comparison to what I did want to see. Or it'd be one of those
0: situations where it's just like a well-meaning aunt or somebody is like, well, they're into horror movies and just like... Grab something at random off of a shelf somewhere. It says Red
1: Room. It has an eye on the front. It looks scary. Mm-hmm. It's Japanese. That's that's big right now, oh, right? I saw that grudge. j horror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Juwan, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, no, no, no. This is a, an interesting one because we've uh, been on a little bit of a run. hmm Right, coming off uh, a little bit of the backbone, starting with our last Patreon, going into the, this and... Uh, some of these films came down to coin tosses, and I was like, man, this is kind of an interesting one. That It was between this and... I think it was Visceral, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. So, regardless, regardless, it's like, I'm happy that we're getting to review this. Because I don't know too many people who have actually, A, have seen it, B, have reviewed it, or C, even know about it. Right. So,
0: for me, because this was my first time, I had known about it just because of the circles we run in i like it, but I, at the end of the day, I feel more better just like being able to check it off my list. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. now I've seen it. I can say I've seen it. Right. And I, it's fine. Completely get that. <laughs> I completely get that. It's fine. I don't really have anything against it. It's also not quite the type of extreme horror that blows my skirt up. Like well, so once again, totally get that as well. <laughs> we kind of have already seen this movie when we watched grotesque.
1: That's interesting you say that. And I don't mean like, ooh, that's profound. But no, I was thinking that earlier. It's like, man, this would be an interesting double billing with Grotesque. And this is also kind of just
0: like the cheap extreme version of Squid Games. I was like, man,
1: is this like, did Squid Games be inspired by Red Room? What the fuck? But no, I don't think so. I think it's just a coincidence. Maybe.
0: It's, yeah, it's. It's Squid Game, except the only game they're playing is King's Cup, but the only card that matters is the king, and they're not drinking. Yeah,
1: exactly, man. It's like, um, yeah, good luck to you if you don't draw that king card. Oh, boy. Shit, right? Yeah, especially in this v- version of
0: it. And honestly, I'm for being something that doesn't necessarily blow my skirt up, also not against it. Right, like, yeah. We're Um, both a bit of gorehounds, so it's always nice to see how they decide to, like, push the limits. Right. That
1: keeps it interesting, at least on the surface, for me.
0: But for as simple as it was, to its credit, I was kind of surprised at how (laughs) much it elicited emotion twice in the movie for me, I would say.
1: Yeah, there were several times where, yeah, like like you said, you go through, like, these, I don't know, moments of uncomfortableness and... It's hard to sometimes, like, register exactly how you feel on that moment. I will also say,
0: though, that for a movie that's already only 68 minutes, you could probably cut it down to 50.
1: And that will be okay, because it would still get across the message.
0: But there's a lot of scenes yeah. that are drawn out just for the uncomfortableness factor, I absolutely, think. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah. And I feel like they overdo it. Does that make sense? No, no, no. It- I wonder how much that was for that same effect. Like, all right, we've gone this far. It's already uncomfortable. Let's push it maybe a little bit further past that, see how far we can go.
0: But they don't really make it any worse. Nah. They just make it longer. And I'm like, I think you hit the uncomfortable, like, plateau at nine seconds. Why
1: are you at 30? <laughs> I I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> it's diminishing returns at a certain point. Right, because then it's like, it's a little overdrawn. Like, yeah, no, 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 nine, ten seconds, I'm good, dude. This is enough.
0: And that's the thing, like I get drawing it out a little bit to sort of hammer home the mm-hmm. uncomfortableness.
1: Right. Like we've seen that in other things. You're right. There is a point of diminishing
0: return and it hits it a few times. A few times. I mean, almost every time. Let's be <laughs> way completely. Yeah. Awkward. The awkward kissing this movie starts with yeah, probably like, went on twenty seconds longer than it needed to to still be uncomfortable. Yeah, it only really seemed like one person was really into it. Yeah. And the other person's like, all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, the movie's pretty simple, so we can just sort of go through it bit by bit. Like, we start in on it not knowing what's going on. No. It it just just starts in the middle of showing the game going on, and then they explain
1: it all. Exactly. So we get introduced to our four contestants, and they each introduce themselves, like, on camera. So it's a part of a game show, it appears, to somebody who knows. But... We have Hiromi. She's seventeen years old. She's a senior in high school, and seems like she's very competitive by nature. Mm-hmm. Then we get the introduction to the Tokashis, starting with Isawa, who's thirty-four years old. He is married to uh, Masako. They both have three children. They're in debt. When well, he owned like two restaurants, mm-hmm. seems like it went you know went further. south. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's why they're here. Is they want to win the money. And Now he is playing kind of like the ignorant, you know, kind of dummy of the group. It seems like his wife is a little bit of a narcissist, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, and he's a fucking
0: walking rug. Precisely. He just and she's a cunt.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no no bones about that. All right, I'm it, gonna
0: let me. One, no, of the things about it, yeah. one of the things that surprised me about this movie was how well it got me to fucking hate her.
1: <laughs> well, when I said yeah, very I was probably being the nice way of saying that <laughs> she's a cunt. Yeah, <laughs> so there's that. But last but not least, we have uh, Kanako Yoshino. She's 27 years old. She works for a corporation. She says she will basically submit herself to, like, degradation. Only for the money. the money. Right. So, you know, that's that's her limits she'll degrade herself (laughs) All right, so that's our four contestants and you're right it starts with the opening of uh, Harumi and uh, Kanako making out we don't know why but then we get kind of like these cuts which it it does kind of mix it up I I do like that a little bit about it at least it keeps it interesting it kept it interesting
0: here's the thing like there's hints I feel like of maybe like a bigger better movie in here oh without a (laughs) doubt without a doubt Like, I think it could have been really interesting because they do use that format to gradually parse out information. So some of it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Like, you don't know through the first, like, ten minutes of the movie that those two are married. Right. You're just like, okay. It's when they start cutting to some of the weird in-between shit that you find that out. Yeah, and you're
1: like, oh. Oh. (laughs) You're like, all right.
0: But you also don't even know when they're doing the talking heads introducing themselves, that they're all sitting right next to each other. Right, which I find that was really interesting. I too. thought that was actually a really cool twist. And it sounds weird that it's a twist, but you you don't think that they're giving these interviews next to each other and saying these things about themselves.
1: You know, and the, the way that the director chose to do that, I feel like that was an interesting way of looking at the early... Like, you know, first decade or so of, of reality television. The mm-hmm. way that, you know, it looks like they're going into a confessional booth or whatever the fuck, a room. It no, absolutely they're, looks they're like they're right next to each other on the same fucking couch. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's even more awkward.
0: <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, that's super fucking awkward. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, damn. No wonder fucking what's her name just sat there quiet
1: for a second. Like, yeah. Well, it also makes sense, too, when. I mean, even though it's you know she's still being a bitch, that his wife kind of lays into him. She's like, "Where are you even paying attention?" Right. Because I mean, they were like literally next to each other talking. What are you doing? And you kind of get the
0: bare bones of the game. They draw these cards. Right. King gets to choose the rules. They, you know, the the king says these numbers do this. Right, and, and then it, they
1: reveal whose number is who. Exactly, and it's usually two contestants who are are chosen to carry out the king's order, mm-hmm. and they're doing it in this little cage. I won't say little, but it's, you know, it's a decent-sized cage, enough for humans to fit inside and carry out some whatever. hmm <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that was the first one. It was kind of interesting how he was coerced into choosing, because he didn't really choose. It was chosen for him. Uh, his orders were carried out by Hiromi. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, like French kissing. He's like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm cool with this. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it starts. She like... Ugh. Yeah, the whole point, once again, is to try to make those contestants. If you're the king, you're trying to make those contestants quit. I feel like they should have elaborated on the rules some. Well, I think that it may maybe, like, not, not I'm trying to go to big bat for this, but maybe they were doing that to keep you, like, like what? what is the point? Like, But, like, once, and you, yeah, you, find
0: once out. you realize there's no limits, like, why can't the king just be like, cool, two kills, one, now one's out of the game.
1: Yeah, strangle them for five minutes So mm-hmm. they can't breathe or tap out. But, you know, you know I don't know. Because it, the way it's set it, up, that seems to be within. Right, right. It seems within the limits. Uh, but I I think for the sake of the film, this film wouldn't last very long. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the game itself wouldn't last very long because there would be mutiny within the first couple of minutes. I agree, but it also, I it's saying, one right? of those things where like it begs the question. Like, no, I totally agree with you there because it's like, yeah, why wouldn't they? But I don't know. There also just there's a say. part
0: where I would also argue that somebody breaks the rules, and there doesn't seem to be any repercussion for it. True. So oh, yeah, exactly.
1: No, it makes somebody basically two.
0: gets put out of the game when the game isn't happening, and there's
1: no repercussion for it. I was gonna say it makes me wonder too, like how much control the people behind the scenes have over that too. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like in a uh, uh, spoiler alert. I don't know if have have you seen Squid Game? Yes. Okay. So, kind of like in Squid Games, you know, like there's certain limitations to what you can do within the game, Mm -hmm. within the confines of the game. Uh, I mean, I know this is like different rules and whatnot, but there's still people on the outside who are kind of controlling the framework, I suppose. And I here's the thing: like we know there's people on the outside. Yeah, for sure, because of being talked to.
0: I wish that we got some of their reaction. That would be kind of neat. Yeah. Like, at least, to at least least go, like, them being like, wait, shouldn't, like, does that count? And just having somebody
1: say, like, we don't care, we just want to get this shit on film. Yeah, like, have a little control room or something. Yeah, it's just a few people jerking, I mean, uh, watching.
0: (laughs) Because at a certain point, it doesn't even seem... I don't know. No, I guess I want the game itself to matter more, and it seems like it doesn't. It's just an excuse to get people to be horrible to each other, which I get as an interesting, like, psychological experiment and them just fucking with people. But for me personally, if it's going to be centered around the game, then I at least want the game to matter.
1: Yeah, make it really high stakes.
0: Because the games mattered in Squid
1: Game absolutely did. Yeah, that was like absolutely life and death every single game. And
0: you still get to see people like pitted to be shitty against each other <clears throat> well, yeah, in almost yeah. worst ways.
1: True. And that's honestly what
0: I'm this is kind of I, as long as you can get by a couple bodily fluids, I think both of the other movies we've watched this block are arguably more extreme than this.
1: You, yeah, I mean you can really argue that. I would agree. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> I know we haven't said it. I mean, we have, but we we kind of looting around it and pussyfooting around it. But I mean, it really doesn't start to ramp up. I mean, I know you're not big into puke. Neither am I. I was like, okay, that was kind of neat. But you know its effects. You can kind of see it. That's, it, it that's another one. It's like
0: I like. I don't it's like puke, puke that much. But, but yeah. I
1: knew it was coming too. Right, right,
0: right, right. It's yeah. more like sudden puke out of nowhere or just constant puke. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, still, I like. I'm not big on that. No. So all right. It really, really, really starts to, to ramp up after, let's see, uh, Masako. Uh, the wife Wait, of we're just so saying, up.
0: Puke, if anybody hasn't seen this, yeah. shit gets spun in a fucking chair. Yeah,
1: that's like one of those moments too in the film. Was like, okay, they could have parsed that down to probably like 10 seconds and that would have got the same effect, but they kept going and going. Well, that's
0: the thing. She's like, you have to do this for three minutes and, yes. or whatever, five minutes? Yeah, I think it was five minutes. And... Like, it starts going, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's fucked up. And, like, I know by the end of this she's going to be puking because that's what happens if you're going to get fucking spun in a chair for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you get dizzy, you get sick. So I'm like, I know where this is going, but let's let's watch it happen. And then I kept waiting, and I kept waiting, and I'm like, fuck me. Are they actually going to wait five minutes? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what it felt like.
1: So the one who set that in, that motion was uh, Kanako, the the corporate girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's the one who drew the second king. Third king card was drawn by Harumi, the young girl. And she has number one, who's Masako. He was a blow dryer for three minutes on number three, who was her husband, Isawa. That one was kind of fucked up. Puts the blow dryer in his mouth for three minutes. Right, submits to that. For
0: as fucked up as it seemed like it was, it seemed to have no lasting effect on him.
1: No, exactly. I agree with that. It was just like. And you know the damn thing when even on it, just, they, yeah. you know, put it in his mouth, whatever. But an inventive idea. I agree. I agree, because no one will want that in real life for three minutes. Fuck Dude, no. your mouth would be fucked.
0: Yeah, your throat would be fucked. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, just. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would probably be enough
0: to make you tap. And they started to have, like, blood come out of his nose. Dude, but
1: no lasting effects beyond that. Totally now and we don't even right. like
0: it to see like an effect shot like inside of his mouth where they rigged up yeah. some i mean like, I, granted
1: there's probably i don't know how much this movie was shot on right <laughs> so you know we have to for for the sake of this film we have to temper some of the expectations but yeah i mean it would be a lot cooler if we did get some of that shit I, I, I'm
0: with here's you. the thing though man like we've said it about some of this shit in the past like just from watching these kinds of movies, I think we could come up with ways to make somebody's throat
1: look fucked up. Right. I think it would just take a little ingenuity, a little more thought, you know, behind it. Like, yeah, make it look more believable. Even if it doesn't look,
0: quote unquote, real.
1: Right. But
0: that's the, fine. Just make it, just... it look
1: not normal. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's like, that is a gripe I do have. If I have, like, my little bitches about film... Is what we're talking about here is when somebody sustains an injury in a film and then within the next fricking scene or the next sequence, it's like it didn't even happen. I'm like, hold on. Come on now. I agree. Although I I have found that I have a different tolerance
0: for it depending on what the movie is. Like if I know it's an action movie. They have to get a lot more fucked up before they start showing it than like a horror movie.
1: Without a doubt. No, no there's different expectations. I agree with you there. It's like, yeah, an action film is like, yeah, they're going to sustain a lot more. Like
0: At a certain point, I need to yeah. start
1: seeing them get hurt. But right. no, it's
0: cool. You, you can take a lot more damage before I start getting mad about it.
1: Likewise. No, in a horror film, I'm a little bit more like, you're not an action hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's my gripe. It's gonna hurt a little bit more. It's gonna sting a little bit more. But yeah, no, no
0: noticeable lasting.
1: No, and that that's a little critique, you know. Whatever. It was nineteen ninety nine, so I'm gonna give him a little, you know, a little leeway. But still, could have done better.
0: Yeah. Well, which one was next? I don't. I don't remember the order on some of
1: those. All right. So after the blow dryer incident, Masako, who is uh, the wife, right? right she's the king on the fourth draw she has Hiromi P on conical oh that's right right and that's where there's a reveal that's like the first kind of big reveal Mm -hmm. because you see a a penis in the shadows (laughs) was attached to somebody and that somebody is Hiromi you're like oh so that brings into question not a really question but it brings into a whole another subject Together that I'll admit, like, I'm not uh, equipped to really talk about it, you know, in lengths. But this film is kind of interesting in that respect that they're bringing in, you know, transsexual, transgender and stuff like that. I was once
0: I'm also not equipped to, to fully go into this and maybe there was something I missed, but I felt like this movie actually treated it rather respectfully.
1: I agree with that. Because it's not... It like, was a surprise. Yes. It could have been played a lot differently. But
0: that's about all they left it as.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean they something comes some up at the end, Riker but Riker like... Riker. But no, I, I think you're right. It was handled more for, delicate than I anticipated too, Especially for what the premise of this movie is. Absolutely. It's
0: almost treated as... I mean, God... That's not quite, I was going to say it's almost treated as a non-event, which is not true. But for what it very easily could have been, it's oh. practically a non-event.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, for some it probably was played up for shock. Mm-hmm. But the way that it was handled in the film, right after you get that, that was that. Like, okay, yeah, we're, we're past it. Right, nobody's asking that. dumb questions. Well, exactly, nobody's nobody's exactly. treating I mean, her that's kind of differently at, because
0: of that. It
1: comes up later on because of some of the shit they have to do. But to me, the more shocking thing, if you will, because I don't mean I don't really get shocked, and to me, it's not shocking. It's just like okay, they're doing this. Is the pee, and I'm like okay, you know. Once again, the effects are probably squirting her in the mouth with a water bottle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, let's be real here. But I found it funny that she said. I swallowed. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, you did, you freak. All right, so that was uh, the fourth draw. The fifth draw, uh, is Kaneko, she has number one, who's Isawa Lynch. Right. Number three, which is his wife, Masako. Okay, so this one...
0: This, this one is was where it gets weird. like, oh, shit. This one was weird because... This was maybe the, the only time this movie had me feeling conflicted. Like, truly conflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she's a bitch. And even while this is going yeah. on, it is continually goading him. So I was kind of happy that he finally got back at her. That doesn't mean I
1: condone rape. Right, exactly. I was like, <laughs> even if it is his wife, that's still not cool, dude. That's not cool regardless of who that is. Now, rape is about power. So once again,
0: I'm happy he regained his power. I'm not happy about how it went down. I want to make that clear.
1: No, I know nobody you're should saying. have
0: this happen, especially not for just being a bitch. Right? No, it's exactly her actions don't warrant what happened
1: to her. I know what you're saying, but it was really satisfying to see him get a win. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? He just he wanted the Gatorade splash, the after party. He wanted all that shit and he got it. I mean, I'm being like very, very, very loose with my terminology here, but I think people get the picture here. Yeah, he did the rape part and I'm like, God damn. It made me wonder, right? Because, A, I know we've talked about this in the past. Like, when it comes to sexual stuff, it can be done real bad Mm -hmm. or it can be done like, you know, distasteful and it can be done a number of different ways. And this one, I'm like, uh, I wonder. I was actually wondering how you felt about it. I was
0: more just like, oh, I don't know. Like I said, I was kind of conflicted because the movie had done a great job of making me pissed off at her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But once again, nobody deserves to be raped. Totally agree. Like I said, we can't. Uh, but can't it was another that, uh, thing where it was just like, cool, so how long is this going to go on? Because all those other scenes went on for fucking five minutes. I was kind of there too, because I was like, oh, yeah, he's... He's getting it, getting it. <laughs> but, but then it's the uh, it's the thing that eventually gets me to the point of being pissed off about the rules of the game. Because yeah. he didn't do that to her during the time limit allotted by the game. Or by the king. He did that outside the After limit. play. And it results in her not playing the rest of the game.
1: So what's right. the fucking rules? Are there rules or is it arbitrary? Right. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question too. That That, that doesn't really get answered or questioned in this movie either or Mm -hmm. i mean it's there but it's yeah it's uh (sighs) i i think that's interesting i wonder too like how much people think when i say people the the people who go into making the film after they see it they're like god damn it Mm -hmm. it was right there we missed it (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i don't know but i think that's interesting because it's, it's there for sure it's there but yeah they don't even tackle it right uh, next was, uh, let's see here. After that, well, we we'll have to admit, like after she gets assaulted and raped and whatnot, it appears, you know, the spoiler section appears that she's out. So now it's just mm-hmm. the three being uh, Isawa, Kanako, and um, uh, Hiromi, right? So now the six card. Well, she draw. is out of the game, but she seems to be just like... like completely out. Like catatonic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's, like, she's out of the game, and she's out, out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, now, Hiromi, the young girl, she draws the king on the sixth draw Now she has Isawa, the dude, sexually assault Kaneko for five minutes. Mm-hmm. So now, this is where, you know, after he assaults his wife, now he's kind of ramping it up again. Right, well, she, she isn't, it, isn't it like she can't make a sound? Right, for... The entire time, so she's basically submissive, Mm -hmm. right? Now, remember what she said earlier. She'll do whatever it takes, even degrading herself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's not really into it, but for the money she is. And he's going to town once again, and he introduces weapons this time out of that little toolbox. Yes...
0: Although his intent is, I was about it. to say,
1: his intent was to use them as sex toys. Right, right. right. It was like a, it almost looks like an ice pick. Yeah. One of them, but it was using the handle mm-hmm. and he got a light bulb. Right. So yeah, he was using them sexually. Not meant to assault, but like to cause harm per se. See, and that's,
0: this that's is another weird one where it's <laughs> like, the whole point is she can't make noise. And I feel like this kind of assault hits more if you hear her not liking it. Mm. In this case, it's kind of just like a bad porn that you can't, like a bad porn that you both have to like keep the volume off because your folks are in the other room and that you actually can't see anything that's happening is happening. You have to to know the context to make this scene bad. That's true, Dan. You know what true. I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing inherently about the scene. No. Like, the physical actions going on that are bad.
1: No, 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 no. I agree.
0: You have to have the context. It's <laughs> like, yes, she's being assaulted. Yeah. But. But if you just saw this clip going
1: on. <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah, you don't know the context, like we were saying. You don't know the context if you just happen to walk in on this. Not saying it looks normal, either, but... No, as like, it's still hard to explain. It's like, what are you watching?
0: Like, but it's uh, not the same as if she's sitting there very audibly and physically <laughs> reacting to it, because neither were happening. <laughs> Thankfully.
1: Right. And I'm not, I, I, I'm not condoning this. Like w- Neither one of us are. The point being is, you're right. In the context of this film, if she were making those sounds pleasurable or otherwise... It would have a whole different context. Yes. So there you That's, I know what you're saying. That's the argument. It makes it harder to get
0: through for some, in one way or another. Yes. It either you know. makes it harder or it makes it harder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why they had to give this film up. Yeah. It's like, man, you have no idea yeah.
0: the things I've done. <laughs> but, but then at the end, he gets pissed off that he didn't put her out of the game.
1: Yeah, it's wild, man, because uh, he actually, he's penetrating her with the light bulb. You're right, he breaks it off inside of her, and it Not necessarily on purpose, he's just getting pissed and fucking... Yeah, it's the thought of, because of what Hiromi says, like, uh, she was the one who had you lynch your wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then, yeah, because of, of his attitude after that, yeah, it happens to break off inside of her. And it appears that, yeah, that's... She's out, man. And it's just those two. And they're starting to play the game, just those two. And anywho, she's not out of the game. She's like, no, drop me back in. (laughs) like, okay, freak. Here's the wild thing is that Harumi draws the king again. You're like, oh, shit. And this time she orders Isawa to have sex with Kanako with the glass broken off inside of her. Mm -hmm. And um, anyhow, yeah, they go uh, in the cage and... (laughs) Kanako this time was all over him. And she starts to, you know, fillet him, give him a blowjob. But she bites his dick off, spits it out. Now he's out of the game. Once again, what are (laughs) the rules? If you can
0: just not follow what the king told you to do (laughs) and eliminate your competitor. Right. The fuck's the point? Not even what's the point. I get the point. Like. They just have them set up to make people be terrible to each other and that's what whoever's watching is getting off on. I just want the game to fucking matter.
1: I know what you're saying. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, Yeah, what is the point of the game then? <laughs> Alright, so it's it's down to the two gals. This time Kanako draws King and she orders Harumi to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is where I learned. I was say I learned, but this is where, in the context of the film, that we all learn, as an audience, that Hiromi, the reason why she wants to transition Well, she wants the money so she can transition. Right, right, exactly. She wants to be able to have uh, you know, the operation to complete her, her womanhood. Um, so anyway, while this is happening, and they're having this conversation, Masako from earlier, uh, who got her ass beat and, and sexually assaulted, She gets up and she grabs that ice pick and rams it through the back of uh, Kanako, all the way through her chest, and it appears like, okay, she's out. And then she goes after Hiromi, the young girl, and Hiromi defends herself and, in return, actually gets it
0: right in her mouth.
1: Her mouth, I went by her mouth, it's uh, Masako's, and pretty much. Gets her out of there. And I almost said, this is where you get to see some gore effects, like some blood mm-hmm. splatter and stuff like that, which is decent. It's not bad. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's like, okay, shit, there you go. That's mm-hmm. okay. I can dig it. So then at that point, it's like, oh, shit, okay, well, um, this is this is awkward, too, because of what you're saying about the game. If Does the game matter? Because because technically, Harumi quit because she's like, I'm not going to have sex with you. Right. So I'm out. But that's almost as soon as she says it, that's when Masako stabs Kanako in the back. He was like, oh, shit, and then all of that series of events happens. So Hiromi appears to be the last one standing, but she's like, I'm going to fulfill that last little deed in order to win the money. So she does have sex. Mm-hmm. with. Um, that's where the whole necrophilia, then I was like, oh, damn, on another film that has necrophilia in it. Damn, that's going to be hard to explain. So anyway, yeah, she wins the money. The guy comes out, hands her the briefcase. She's like, I don't need to count it. Uh, He's like, well... "Well,
0: I do want to say, that whole ending bit with those two, it's weird how crazily, like, kind of bittersweet
1: it is. Yeah, I skipped all over that. You're right. Because... I can't remember It's Kanako. So it's the young girl, Yoshino. She... Not the young girl, the the corporate girl that degrades herself. And she's she's dying, dying. Yes. She wants to know what Harumi's new name will be as a as a woman a complete mm-hmm. woman and she she's like I'm her, assuming you're changing your name right, you because, might not be but right you know but I just want to know you know she says well it's going to be Miyuki and she's like well that's it'll be written as beautiful happiness she's like actually I was going to write it as deep snow <laughs> yeah she's like actually in kanji it's deep snow oh you know here now, this might be me like really 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 fucking reaching here really reaching but let me know I was like, well, there's BDSM and all of that stuff, right? There's beautiful, deep snow Miyuki. There's the BDSM, mm. and that all equals happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm being stupid. But uh. see, for me, it just
0: weirdly reminded me of the little bit I know about kanji because of bleach.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Like, mostly because shonens were already on my mind because yeah. we were... Because of the other podcast I'm on, go check out General Nerdery. We talked about Food Wars, which is turns cooking into a shonen anime. But <laughs> um, no, so the the author of Bleach really likes Spanish. Ah, oh, interesting. I believe he's been quoted in interviews as saying that he thinks that Japanese and Spanish actually have a lot in common. And so, for one group of the enemies in that manga slash anime, um, all their names tend to be. Pretty akin to either straight- up Spanish words or pretty akin.
1: Okay.
0: When I was reading through the Scanlations, the people doing the Scanlations were actually really, really good about making a ton of like liners' notes about the way that they were having to translate some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. and like what exactly it means, because the author likes to play with language. So when these enemies would like enter the released states, they would, you know, say a word and it would be, like, translated, it'd be something like, oh, God, I'm I'm trying to remember, God. If any anime freak's out there, if I get any of this wrong, like, I'm sorry, it's just been a while since I've read this particular storyline. But if I remember right, the character Grimjaw, when he, like, goes into his super form, I'm not going to get into all the specifics, like, I think he says something having to do with Pantera. You know, Panther. Right. right, right. In, in Spanish. But the author... Would write it with the kanji huh. so that it would be pronounced panthera also or panthera, you know in in Jap- Japanese But it would be like great tiger king He would uh, find just the right kanji to make it something similar to what he was having it say in Spanish. That's
1: interesting I see what you're saying, huh? He's trying to find the kanji that would align with the word meaning in Spanish as well mm-hmm. and in the characters that would <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting this is what it means, but this is also what it means. And,
0: and so, yeah, so you can write that name wow. either as Beautiful Happiness or, or uh, deep, deep Snow, depending on which kanji you use. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it be, it be, It's the equivalent of, like, fucking around with Latin roots and stuff. I think oh, yeah. I've brought up before on the show, Necronomicon is already really bad Latin. <laughs> but it is roughly the Book of Dead Names. Right. But this wouldn't work. But technically, if you wanted to be a fuck about language, you could bring it down, break it down instead of necronomicon, as Necronomicon, which would be roughly timeless fungus or fungus out of time.
1: Interesting, huh? <laughs> that sounds like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting.
0: It's similar but different, yeah, from what I understand. I don't uh, know a ton about kanji, but I know that like so you can made. play with some of the way things are written and still have it pronounced certain ways
1: that's really cool but I I would imagine that probably gets complex after a while too yes (laughs) so good luck with linguists out there who like that kind of stuff I mean I I think it's really fascinating but that's a whole different topic a whole different Mm -hmm. discussion but I mean it's within the context of the film too yeah it's I, it
0: reminded me of that I'm like oh yeah you can do things like that with Kanji that's all I know about it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's still really cool that they even use that in here like so there were some interesting things I think that this film presents not that they did a good job of like you know executing per se I still think they brought some interesting things to the forefront uh, when I say they it could be the director it could be the actors it could be a combination of all of them just the fact that they even did this project it's like man that that takes a, a concerted effort for people to like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this, and for some reason, it appears like Japanese people are really jumping feet first in this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, man, of all this stuff that we've done, that like kind of pushes the boundaries of of imagination. And um, I'm not saying that they're like the breadwinners. I'm just saying that. It seems like the culture itself tends to lean into some of the taboo and some of the imagination part, fantasy parts mm-hmm. of the imagination, our minds. And this one, it's not a stranger to. I'm not saying that, like, I said the execution was there, but I mean, you're, you're talking about necrophilia, they're doing that. I mean, spousal abuse leading into rape. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, breaking off light bulbs and women's vaginas, and then like, oh, you're gonna now you're gonna fuck me, and you're gonna fuck me. <laughs> Why? Because I need ten million. We never do, did we ever find out why the young gal, I mean, I keep calling her young gal, Conoco, the 27-year-old girl. Oh,
0: why she wanted the money? Mm-hmm. I can't remember.
1: I don't think she ever, I don't think she ever mentions it. I would have written it down. I don't think she ever mentions it. I think we only learned the three, like, we know why the, the couple. Yeah. Because they're in debt. And got kids. Yeah, and she's like, so she's a narcissist, like, yeah, if we don't win, me and the kids, we're already <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Epstein ourselves. <laughs> Like the kids too, <laughs> damn. <laughs> we learn how old the kids are. We're like what the fuck? <laughs> so, I'm like that. That wife is a bitch. We learned that the innocent dude, Yeah, once he gets a little taste of that power, boy, he power tripped mm-hmm. real quick. Like sexual transgressions. Anyway, my point being is, it was interesting coming from a very low budget too. But knowing this guy's background, he probably like had a couple of people like, hey. You know, I know you've been in this before. Like I said, things of note, I'm sure some of these other actors and actors, because I've seen some of the Japanese titles, I think they some sexy films. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they have a little bit of background in that. So they were, you know, they could push the limit a little bit. But regardless, it's an interesting film. 1999, VHS. It's pretty wild, man. Right.
0: It was a slightly time different period. time, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, the I understand period. how
1: this is pushing, pushing things. Right, but I mean... Granted, yeah, it's it's 2022, you know, it's different. Things are a little bit different. We see them a little bit more extreme. Things have gone beyond the envelope. And we're not saying these things aren't bad. No, 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 I'm not saying. But, but it's still... Think about the stuff that was coming out. We already talked about, like, uh, you were starting to get, like, the ring and stuff of that mm-hmm. nature, you know. So it's like, man, this is a whole different direction in cinema, too, in, in terms of what was underground independent Japanese horror at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's a little interesting side note, if you will, in in their history. At
0: this point in time, with the way things have progressed as far as where, you know, what's considered going over the line Mm -hmm. and just, like, quality you can get even on a shoestring budget... Uh, especially with the rise of digital and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, honestly, how fucking good even some, like, phone cameras are these days.
1: True that, that's for sure. Yeah, Soderbergh did uh, a film with Unsane yeah. on his iPhone, was that right? Yeah, so there you go. Like, at this point, I,
0: the movie's still transgressive, but is more of, like, in the history of mm. extreme films rather than extreme itself.
1: I agree, it just... Another one of those stepping stones, mm-hmm. you know, in, in uh, the progression, if you will, of this kind of subgenre, you know, transgressive cinema. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, it didn't knock my socks off. There was a couple of parts where I was like, I was uncomfortably giggling because I was like, oh, shit, they're, okay, they're going for it. Damn, okay, fuck. <laughs> you know, was, that's what I was like, man, I totally forgot about all of this stuff. But once again, it's like I don't necessarily need to see this all the time either. right.
0: I, I mostly wish they would have switched it up. I didn't need to be made uncomfortable simply by length every single fucking time.
1: Yeah. It's we've like, seen
0: uh, other movies that do things and play with dialogue and themes to make you feel like you're complicit, right? And I never felt like that from this. There's
1: two other films. You've already, we've, I mean, you already have too, but collectively um, we've talked about the comparison to Grotesque. Right. And the third one, or the second one in the comparisons, is I would say uh, maybe a little bit of visitor queue. Yeah. I was going right. to bring up visitor queue. So out of those three, I would say. Also, visitor Q's same time period? Yeah, that's is like 2000, this? 2001, maybe even 99, mm-hmm. something like that. Within, the, within a year or two, let's put it that way. But and probably within spitting uh, distance of the budget too. Right, and I was to say out of those three, I'd say this one's probably the weakest. Out, yes, out of the three. But that doesn't mean it's a bad film or it's a weak film. It's just out of those three that have done it in this style, this one is the weakest one. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say though it's a it would be a good companion piece to either one of the three, or if you want to do it, you know, a trilogy, if you will, this style of transgressive Japanese cinema, it fits in the mold. Yeah, I'd say at this point,
0: watch it if you want to check it off the list. Right, right, right. But if you want to see this kind of film, Grotesque does everything this does but better. I agree. I was like, there's better versions of this style. I agree. Squid Game does everything this, not everything this not does. Not everything, but, but pretty Squid close. Game does this better.
1: Right, and that's what I was getting. I was like, man, this is just like a precursor to what Squid Games is, and that's kind of funny thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I don't think it was ever influenced by this film. If it were, I would be not really surprised, but I would be like, damn, okay. Right. Although, I mean, in some
0: ways, playing a game show with your life on the line is just Running Man.
1: It really is. And probably dates back even before that. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just a a different version of that. And we've talked about, I mean, there's films we've already talked about that with. I mean, Mm (laughs) Belko. You know, Mayhem. So, Cabin in the Woods, you could say as well. Not that it necessarily it's a well you, game show, you can <laughs> say, I suppose, you know, but kind of, not state. really, but kind I of. I mean, there's gambling. It's reality TV in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what I said, there's better versions of that. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just kind of a, a little bit of a precursor to some of those. Even though, yeah, Running Man was already established way back when.
0: Also, like, if you've never read The Running Man, do so. It's
1: really I, good. No, honestly, I honestly
0: do need to read it myself. But i um, very yeah, you're familiar f- with the film. I just need to read the, the book. Yeah. yeah, It's really good. Oh, um, Stephen King does not hide
1: his politics in that one. Wow, okay. <laughs> it doesn't have Richard Dawson in it. I'll be joking with that. Yeah, I don't know. I still need to read it.
0: I think that's it for, for Red Room. I don't, oh, actually, I wanted to say, this is going to sound like a diss on the movie, no, it's okay. but I yeah. actually mean it more as a compliment for... The poster for this is fantastic. Oh, it's dope as fuck. That close-up on the vertical red eye... Oh, yeah, dude. Oh. ...is fucking fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. Especially because it... With, yeah, with the person screaming in the center, and also just, like, framing an eye like that also kind of makes it look like a big red-open vag. <laughs> that's solid.
1: <laughs> Aww. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it does make it look wild I, I can tell you what's wild um once again i hate to keep harping on it but uh for a five dollar fine out in the wild and yeah I've seen that's what great it, well what i've seen what it goes for it's like uh i mean i'll probably hold on for a little bit but it's like one of those two if it, if it were to you know set sail i wouldn't miss it too much yeah you know and that's okay next week oh man i know we've already talked about it i'm excited it's gonna be fun
0: back to the patreon like we said, go check that out, patreon.com slash squirms. Man,
1: yeah, come on. Dude, Texas Chainsaw <sighs> Massacre 2. How much fun. We're going to get to see, once again, Dennis Hopper, dual wielding chainsaws. chainsaws. Dude, come on. We get... Dual wielding in a chainsaw duel. How awesome is that? Dueling uh, chainsaws with dual wield chainsaws. Yeah, we get Bill Mosley's chop top. Fuck yes. So, lots of reasons to want to come back. And check that episode out. And it's the funny one. Dude. <laughs> Once again, funny is a, is a relative term, but I think it's it's dark comedy. I like it a lot. I can't wait,
0: dude. I'm so excited. It's going to be... And it's weird, too. Even though the trailer was completely opposite, feel I feel like that Munsters trailer, trailer got me even more ramped up.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun.
0: Even though it's completely different, just knowing how much all of his properties flow... Kind of from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh,
1: Which is interesting, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right.
0: Fuck, I'm excited. That'll be next week. For this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms, Um. out.